my name is Dean, and welcome to Underdog Theology. I know, I know it's a name change. It's going to take a while to get used to. Theo Live is now Underdog Theology. I did a whole video about it, why I changed it. You can let me know what you think about it in the chat and in the comments. Hashtag long live the olive. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to Underdog Theology, a live YouTube show airing every Monday where we talk about theology, church, and culture. Now let's get into it. Hey, welcome to the show. Today we're talking about deconstruction again. We haven't talked about deconstruction in a while, so I don't want to hear you guys be like, oh, really? Do we really have to talk about deconstruction again? Yes, we do. Because there have been some people, some prominent people, one guy I really like, uh, who has said something about deconstruction that got a lot of people upset. So we're going to be talking about that idea. And even before I get into it, I need to kind of preface a few things. Maybe you're new to the channel and I haven't talked about deconstruction in a while. So, you know, some of you guys might be like, well, what do you mean by deconstruction? What I mean by deconstruction are those people who are honestly looking at their faith and reevaluating it. Now, sometimes that's based off of new beliefs, uh, new knowledge that they've, I don't know, stumbled across, or at least they think is new knowledge. Uh, or sometimes it's because of emotions. It's because of something that happened to them, because of their personal experience, because of something that they saw that they thought Jesus wouldn't be okay with this. And so a lot of us have those kinds of stories. Maybe, you know, you wouldn't put it in those terms of deconstruction. I'm perfectly fine with that term. Other people hate it. They associate it with the world, but you know, then they also like Christian nationalism. So, you know, you get what you get, I guess. Uh, but we're going to be talking about deconstruction. Uh, yes, there is a name change. Let me, let me talk about that just for a second. Um, yeah, it's a name change. Uh, we're, we're moving on from Theo live and we're going with this. This might change a little bit, by the way, you know, I'm not, and there's still a couple little things I see that I'm like, mm, maybe I need to make it a little bit bigger here, do some little things, colors, things like that. So there are going to be a little bit of those kinds of changes, but you know, let me know, let me know. Do you like the name? I really hope you like the name, <laughs> but I understand. I made a video. You can go watch that, uh, on the channel here about the name change. Um, I understand if some people don't like it, you know, if you were really attached to Theo live, uh, I'll just boil it down real quickly into two little things. One, uh, I changed it to underdog theology because that's kind of who I am. I, I kind of view myself as an underdog. Um, that's kind of how I felt all growing up, uh, who I am as a person, also, theologically, I kind of feel like an underdog because even in my own camp, as you can tell by the content that I make here on my channel, and some of you guys are really appreciative of this aspect of it, uh, you know, I call out people in my own camp. Uh, I, you know, I don't just make videos about Joel Osteen or, um, you know, some Furtick, you know, whatever Furtick is saying. Like, I don't, I don't do that. I deal with people that you know, I've listened to that I have learned from, uh, and some of the things that I disagree with them about. And then some of the people who were in my camp and they just like hightailed out of there. They're just, they're just not in the camp anymore. Um, but we're like, that's what we do. We, we take, we take some shots at the big dogs and try to evaluate it through the word of God and try to make some application for us in our daily life and not just be like, Hey, that, you know what that guy said, that was real dumb. 
like that's not what we do at least that's what i hope we don't do i hope that we go hey that wasn't the best way to say it let's learn from this and move on uh so we're going to be talking about that that kind of stuff moving forward so kind of an underdog both in my real life uh and theologically and then also theolive is kind of a boring name i didn't even like the name when i started uh just kind of like theology and live and put it together and somehow i created an olive tree and uh a lot of you guys like that by the way you know keep it going i see it i see it in the chat jeremy uh hashtag long live the olive uh you guys can keep on making those jokes keep on you know find something find something about this you guys you know we can we can come up with things we can make new things we can make new memories and if you like who knows in two years when this thing is eighty thousand strong it's not going to be uh but when this channel grows you know you guys will know and you'll be on the inside and you'll have the inside joke of you know what why is everyone talking about olives in the chat like you guys you guys will know. All right. So let's look at what we got today. I'm trying to be a little bit more streamlined with the show. Uh, I got some, we got some segments, y'all. We doing segments now. This is legit. Uh, I'll be on the lookout at the end. We're going to do some stuff that I think is going to be fun and add to the channel. But let's look at my guy, Mr. Gentle and Lowly, Dane Ortland. Uh, now, he is the son of Ray Ortland, my favorite living preacher. Uh, love that guy. Uh, brother of Gavin Ortland. There's like a thousand Ortlands, and they're all great. And Dane wrote that book, Gentle and Lowly. And some people don't like it because I, I think they're just like not okay with like some of the attributes of Jesus. But, um, you know, they don't like it. And so uh, I like it, though. I like it a lot. I really benefited from that book. I think it's going to be a classic. I think it's going to be one of those works that stands out from the rest of the generation. I really do. Uh, so I like this guy. I don't like this tweet. <laughs> and a lot of people were not happy about this tweet. Uh, so he says, frustrated and considering leaving Church X for Church Y, let me go ahead and burst the bubble for you you're going to find even more reasons to be disappointed at Y than you did at X. Your contentment at your church is not about the church. It's about you. Dig in and serve. Well, all right. Let me, let me uh, give some caveats before we dive into this thing. Uh, one, again, I like this guy. So we're not trashing on him. Uh, two, um... I, I think I understand where he was going with it. All right. I think I understand that what he was trying to say is something that actually a lot of pastors say. And that is, you know, there are people that are just going to complain about anything. You know, they get to a church. They don't like, you know, the, the carpet. That's an easy thing to go to. But they don't like something superficial. And uh, so they're, they're not happy about it. And maybe, you know, the pastor said something. Said something. One time I got into trouble. I've, I think I've mentioned this before one time i got into trouble for talking about star wars during a sermon uh not not because it was the force but because there were lightsabers and that's violence uh but you know like you get people mad about the smallest things and it's just like okay uh you know you you think you might want to go to a different church because of this minor little difference you know sometimes that's really wrong and i think what dane was trying to do was to kind of point at that 
and say, hey, if you're just going to complain about something and it's superficial and you're just like nitpicking, then you're probably going to go to a different church and going to find something wrong there too. And the point of that is that there's there are no perfect churches. Like that's that's a phrase that gets you know said all the time. That being said, this is the internet. <laughs> and when you put things on the internet, as I have found, you need to be very precise because other people will read whatever they're going through into that. And I don't think this was a wise tweet. Uh, a lot of people were like, are you talking about deconstruction? Are you talking about people who have experienced church hurt and have deconstructed in their faith, have left their church, have gone to a different church because of their church hurt? And I think that's fair. I think that's fair to criticize this tweet in that way because he was not specific at all. Um, he just like, maybe it was in his head. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt and saying, that's probably what he meant was that you're just going to come up with differences and you're going to be upset about something. So you're going to go to that other church and you're going to find something else to be upset about. That happens all the time. So I, I think that's what he was saying, but how this reads on the internet is not that way. How this reads for someone who has gone through things at a church like I have like many of you have. A lot of you guys have reached out to me. The reason why I talk about deconstruction so much is not because I'm deconstructing, although I have in some ways, um, but not that I am, but because a lot of you are. And you are passionate about what you're going through and you feel like no one else is talking about it, that no one else has your back. And I want you to feel like there's someone who's holding on to orthodoxy who has your back. Who cares? And so we're going to be talking about these kind of things, even moving forward with this idea of underdog theology. This is going to be the same kind of theme running through. Um, but that's why we keep on talking about it, because a lot of you have gone through it and are going through it. And if that's you, you might be looking at this tweet. And to be honest, if I didn't know who Dane Ortland was and I wasn't giving him the benefit of the doubt, this is probably how I would read it, too. Of just like, wait, what? You th you're belittling what I'm going through? Like, you don't know what I've been through, bud. You don't know the pains that I've experienced at my church. Some of you have gone through some crazy stuff and you've told me about it. Like you've messaged me and I've shared your stories. And I really appreciate that. Not one story. Even if I didn't respond to you or didn't respond quickly, know that I appreciate you sharing your story with me. Um, but a lot of us have been through some significant hurts. And so when you see something like this of just frustrated and considering leaving your church and just being told to dig in and serve, um, that's not helpful. Uh, it's not very pastoral. Uh, you want to lead people. And, you know, for a guy who wrote a book on gentle and lowly, uh, this isn't a very gentle tweet. Uh, it's your contentment at your church. Uh, your contentment at your church is not about the church. It's about you now i do think that there is something to this that we actually need uh to take in you know some of us have been hurt by our churches but we shouldn't give up on the church and that's so hard uh and just telling someone to well like in in a way get over it i don't think is very helpful um but you know telling someone that you need to get through it is different not get over it get through it and there are different ways you can get through it. 
Maybe you do need to find a different church. Maybe you've been through so much at that church and that church is so corrupt that you need to leave. Um, you know, we're going to be looking at a video from Tim Ross, who has a podcast, I think just called The Basement. Um, we're going to be talking about some stuff with pastors. Um, but it's not just pastors, pastors who fail uh, and, you know, hurt everyone in the congregation. Uh, you know, I was even I was I was just talking this weekend with a guy from Mars Hill um, and talking about, you know, the impact that's left in Seattle from what Mark Driscoll did um, talking to someone who was at Mars Hill. Um, so like it's felt by everybody when it's pastors, but also when it's just other people. And sometimes we get hurt from other congregants and like, these are not insignificant. These are not just things that we could just get over. We need to actually process and we need to be shepherded. And if the pastor isn't willing to shepherd in that moment, well, then maybe it is time to find a new church. And I'm also, I'm also to this point, guys. I want you to know, you are not chained to your church. Okay, don't go just like, hey, like again, just looking at the easy thing. I hate the carpet here. Uh, this carpet is brown. I wish it was tan. And so I'm going to this other church. Like, don't do that. And don't be like finding new churches all the time. But if there's actually something that's going on, now, a lot of things right now are related to politics and how politics are being discussed. And especially, you know, someone's back on Twitter. Uh-oh. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this it's just going to get a lot more, I think. So uh, like a lot of those things right now, including things like Christian nationalism, which we'll talk about in a little while. Um, these things are big issues and they're being talked about a lot. And that might make it that church where you're at into a difficult situation for you where it is no longer helpful to be at that church. And I think you need to have serious discussions with the elders about what it would look like for there to be some change on that. Or, you know, what would it look like for you to transition to another church? Is there another church that they know of where you could be helpful, where you can be fed and you don't have these these huge just burdens being put on you as far as uh, politics and different things like that. You know, we need we need to be able to process these things. And so I think that there is some truth to this. And again, if it wasn't Dane Ortland, I would be saying, you know, a lot more strong things about it. Um, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say when he says dig in and serve, he's talking about people that are just frustrated with some little thing in their church, not something significant, um, not like church hurt. But I do think that it probably wasn't a great thing to put on the Internet where everyone has their own ways of reading into everything that you say. So we need to be very careful about that. Let's hop into the chat and then we're going to look at a video uh, from uh, Tim Ross from The Basement. And he's going to he's going to talk about very similar things to what Dane Ortland said in there but he's saying a little bit a little bit different not so gentle not so lowly uh but let's let's hop into the chat see what you guys are saying uh john adams is here and says uh hashtag who let the dogs out okay all right i was like whole what <laughs> we that's why i always capitalize on words in hashtags i know that it makes no difference to twitter but it makes difference for people 
you know, to be able to actually read it. Uh, what role should uh, scripture play in our deconstruction? Asked Jeremy. Well, you know, so. <laughs> um, yeah, of course, you need to be in the word. You need to be in the word. You need to pre be processing things through the word. At the same time, there are some things that are not in the word and that you need to actually deal with emotionally. And I'm not saying that you just go out on, onto your own into the wilderness and process things apart from the Bible. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are like, well, just read your Bible more. Read your Bible more. And actually, we're going to get into what Tim Ross says about, oh, there just needs to be good preaching and you'll be fine. And uh, I do not believe that's accurate. So it, it should play a, a vital part in your deconstruction. You should see it through the lens of scripture. Everything that we do should be through the lens of scripture. But that being said, we are emotional people and sometimes we need to process things emotionally as well. Uh, let's see. It looks nice talking about the logo. Uh, your thumbnail has got me heated already. Shaking my head. Oh no. Uh, the olive will live on in our hearts. Hashtag RIP. Uh, someone else said something pretty similar. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Shana Lee, I like the new title. Maybe some more color in the logo, like a blue or black stripe or blaze. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm you know, I'll, I'll take some suggestions and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Jeremy, uh, you didn't like and retweet. Nope. Hard pass. <laughs> uh, David, I feel like Dane's tweet can be true. But churches can be toxic environments that are hard to be content and serve in. Exactly. Exactly. Like there are plenty of churches that are good, sound, biblically solid, healthy churches to be a part of. And especially depending on where you live, especially if you live in the United States, you can find a church. You can find a good church. Um, but depending on where you live also, you might not have all that many opportunities to find a good, healthy, biblically sound church. Um, so you need to do some investigation, but there are plenty of churches that are good. There are also some churches that are really toxic that have members that are in charge that the pastor has zero authority, that there are not a plurality of elders. And if they're, I'm at that point, guys, I'm at that point. I said this a few times. If there, if there is not a plurality of elders, I ain't there. I ain't there unless we're talking about a church plant. Like if you want to get involved in a church plant and there's like one elder and maybe there's, you know, or even they don't, might not even call them an elder, but like there's one pastor and there are some other servants there. Like that might be one thing. Um, but if we're talking about an established church that has one solo pastor and a deacon board, I'm out at this point, not doing it, seeing it go wrong way too many times. A lot of those times the pastor has zero authority. Yeah, he goes and he preaches, but are people listening? Maybe not. And then there's all kinds of issues. What if that pastor does something and there's no accountability for him? You know, because people like him and he gets people into the Iwana program. You know, like there's there's all kinds of stories of toxicity in churches, which is a hard word to say. I don't know why I tried to do it. Um, Jeremy, what if this isn't about deconstruction, but church hopping? Two different contexts. Yeah, uh, that's what I said uh let's see shana lee there's a difference between someone just leaving a church rashly which i've seen people do and someone leaving because of burnout unhealthy stuff and clueless bad theology completely agree 
let's see. Uh, Brylin and Lisa, this tweet is very strange. It is the dogmatic church can't be the problem. That is the issue. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people just go, all right, well, the church is always in the right and individuals are in the wrong. Now, sometimes that's very true. <laughs> uh a lot of times that's actually true uh but also i mean like can we just not learn from society what's happening around the world like constantly constantly these stories of abusive pastors come out and there's uh all kinds of corruption within the church leadership whatever that looks like it's not that we like look at those and get super skeptical of everyone but also can't we just be like if you hear a story and someone's like man this church was awful and did all these things Maybe listen to him rather than be like, yeah, sure. I'm sure it's the church that was awful, not you. <laughs> it was you. You know, like a lot of us do that with people. It's just, no, enough of that. Let's learn. Let's keep growing. Uh, Matthias, uh, sometimes people don't try something before leaving the church with respect and being humble. Sometimes leaving is the first action. I believe that is the problem. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, when you're going through things, and uh, whether that's church hurt, you should be talking with the pastor, and hopefully that church hurt isn't coming from the pastor. Um, but you should be trying to resolve that within the church before leaving. Um, and then if it's something else, if it's a theological issue or a practical issue of, you know, things can, like I've seen churches split over water heaters. I've said that a bunch of times. Like I have literally seen a church split over a water heater. It's stupid, but it happens. And so people need to be working with each other and trying to resolve these issues biblically, which, you know, if we're not talking about sin, whether we're talking about whether we should get a water heater or change the carpet or move across town and get a new building, whatever it is of like a practical issue, I think Matthew 18 is still a good example to follow through as far as a local church context, even if we're not dealing about sin and church discipline. It's just a it's a good framework uh, to base off of, you know, these conflicts and how we handle them. Um, <laughs> uh, Lukewarm No More says, should have done underdog with a W. Uh, bro, I thought of it. It, it didn't work, <laughs> but I appreciate it. Um, aspects of Ashley is here and says, agree 100%. Appreciate it. Uh, let's see, Drew. Uh, Dane also said, if you have a problem with Hillsong music, make sure it's not because you are jealous of Hillsong's joy. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to defend everything that Dane has ever said. I'll just say that and move on. Uh, Jesus in five. There should be a plan for, for plurality of elders at a church plant, though. I agree. I think you'd agree with that. Uh, just throwing it out for clarification. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. If the, if the whole plan, if the theological framework is to have a solo pastor in some kind of deacon board, council, committee, whatever you want to call it, at this point, I'm out. I'm just out. Like I've seen it go wrong way too many times. Either the pastor is bloated with pride. I was listening to Doc and Devo this morning, and they referenced an old episode where I think they, they talked about either uh, in, in that instance of solo pastors, either they're Pope or pawn. And I think that's totally appropriate. Like sometimes they, they're like the Pope and they just get to make decisions and rule the church, um, which a lot of you Catholics who might be watching this and angry about some of the things that I said this weekend. Uh, yeah, 
yeah, that, that's what the that's what the Pope does. Um, but pawns, you know, also of just getting told what to do and they have zero authority and they can't really reconcile things because they have no authority. And uh, that's also a difficult situation to be in. So, um, yeah. All right. Uh, one more and then we'll hop into this Tim Ross thing. Uh, Sheet Metal Supreme. I have left a church that had people I liked, but the base theology of the church was problematic. Hey, man. I'm just going to go out on a limb and trust you for what you're saying and say, I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, you know, if, the, if you have different theology than the, than the church, you shouldn't be there. Uh, now, if it's something minor, like you, you should be able to get over it. If, uh, for instance, as a Calvinist, you know, that, that might make some ministries actually pretty difficult to you guys. Maybe being a Calvinist and, uh, not being a Calvinist is not that big a deal for me. It kind of sets the trajectory of ministries to be involved in and, uh, what to do and philosophy of ministry. And so for me, that's a big issue. Uh, but like speaking in tongues, I could probably be at a church where, you know, a couple people think, yeah, speaking in tongues is fine. Now, if they're doing it all the time, that's a different thing and should be talked about and dealt with. But, you know, if you've got different theology, you got different theology. Find a church that has that theology, even if you like the people. You know, it doesn't mean every time you leave a church doesn't mean that you have to, like, burn the bridge as you go. Now, a lot of times that happens just naturally. Um, but, you know, be friends with those people. All right. Let's go over here and let's look. And also, hey, uh, while, I'm, while I'm just uh, talking, uh, if you are here hit the like button, hit the like button. It really helps to let people know that we're having this, this show going on and you guys can interact and come and be a part of this conversation, all that kind of stuff. Now let's go over here and, uh, forgot to get my headphones in. And I need to switch up the audio because I didn't do that early. I was, I was concerned about, uh, making something for you guys at the end. You guys are going to really like it, I think. Uh, but let's uh, hear what Tim Ross, if you don't know who he is, he is the host of The Basement. Uh, he is pastor, and he was a founding pastor, but I think he's stepping away from his ministry at, um, oh, it's a church in Irving, Texas. Uh, but I, I forget. It's like Echo Church or something with it. Um, is it Emmaus Church? It's something with an E. Um, but... Let's hear what he has to say. This is him just kind of ranting and giving some questions, kind of like what I do. <laughs> he's, he's basically just kind of relaxing and talking theology. But let's let's listen. We are never going to get through this life without pressure being applied. I don't even have to apply it. Satan's already going to apply pressure. But if you don't have a heavy enough anchor, you are going to go right downstream. And the current's going to take you under and we're not going to hear from you again. How many people do we have falling away from the, the, the faith right now? All because a church hurt their feelings. Now let me, I thought I was done. I thought I was done. I kind of wish you were done. <laughs> um, uh, I, I think that's his phrase that he just yells a lot. And I, like everyone's got a catchphrase, I guess. Um, like, I don't know a whole lot about this guy. I don't know his background. I don't know if he's gone through a bunch of church hurt. If he knows what it's like, I don't, I don't know any of those things. So I'm just basing my opinions off of this. This was actually something that Instagram told me to watch. Um, you know, I'm looking through design stuff and all of a sudden I see a, a short or an Instagram. What do, what do they call them? Is it 
It's not a story. This is a thing that goes a reel. Uh, yeah, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I saw a reel of this and I was like, what? And I went and found it and found it in the context. And there's it's just basically him taking questions about, you know, maturity. And it seems like he's mostly talking to young people. Um, but yeah, so here he is talking about church hurt and uh, how, you know, some people leave the faith just because they got hurt. Now, again, like this is basically what a lot of people were kind of reading into Dane Ortland's tweet is actually being said here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's, let's just watch this for a minute. I'm not done. I'm feeling this. How, do, do, do you know why deconstructionism exists? Oh, tell us. Because discipleship didn't. I like I like the pause. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting <laughs> we're rowdy here. Underdog theology. It's it's real. It's reformed. It's rowdy. Uh, so we're we're gonna let a little bit more of that go nowadays. Um, not not to the point where we're Doug Wilson. Somebody said that. It's like uh, we we're not going there. Well, it's uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> but uh, all right. So what he just said is. Uh, the reason why deconstruction exists is because discipleship didn't. And he's going to go in and get into this idea of preaching. And if pastors just preached right, then deconstruction, I guess, wouldn't exist. Um, so wrong. <laughs> uh, let's let's talk again. Uh, deconstruction, some people like they they view it as like the worst thing ever for me when i hear someone and what i have like i have never gotten it wrong when someone's talking to me about deconstruction and i read into that word of them evaluating their faith i have never gotten it wrong to where they have gone something way further and uh they're you know talking about whatever his face the the french philosopher derda derida i don't even i don't know how to say it um, but you know, I've never gotten it to where they're like, oh yeah, I read all this stuff and I'm, you know, I'm breaking this apart and doing like this, this weird back and forth that Derrida was known for. Uh, no one's doing that when they're, when they're talking about deconstruction, they're talking about reevaluating their faith and looking at it, kind of taking a step back, putting it on the table, taking the parts apart and just kind of looking at it and saying, does this make sense? Um, and I think that's. That's a good thing to do as long as you're not chucking the Bible out. Uh, if you're having the Bible be a part of that and you're evaluating things through the lens of Scripture and you're not just saying, well, the Bible isn't inerrant, so, but if you're starting there, then you're going to end wrongly. But most people are looking at it and just reevaluating because they have been hurt, because they've gone through church hurt, because something significant has happened in their spiritual life where they have been hurt by people abuse of different kinds has is usually a part of like these kinds of things whether it's spiritual abuse by a pastor or mentor uh sexual abuse all, all kinds of abuse is usually a part of deconstruction stories or at least the ones that have been told to me so uh like it's not just like church hurt oh you know you you just didn't like something so you know like what you know the carpet thing or anything like that um so those kinds of problems aren't solved by knowledge. They could be informed by knowledge, but it's knowledge over time with experience. 
Um, so like just getting, all right, well, if you're having this issue because of church hurt, your pastor, uh, spiritually abused you and the SBC, a lot of different stuff about other kinds of abuse that happened to congregants. Um, you just saying, well, Jesus rose again, while it's true, while they need to hear it is not the only thing that they need to hear. They actually need to see it lived out in your life over a long period of time. Uh, and that I think is so often just thrown away when we're talking about deconstruction, we need to talk about the daily lives of Christians being real and honest and transparent with people and showing people, yes, I struggle, but this is what, you know, I'm really following after Jesus. And this is what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus and not just here's theology, here's knowledge thrown at you. Uh, so I don't believe that he's right in saying, well, at least what his form of discipleship, because when he's talking about discipleship, as he's going to say here in a minute, he's not talking about like the daily life of a Christian walking, you know, side by side with another Christian or with a group of Christians and being discipled by them or that person. That's not what he's referring to. He's referring to preaching. So let's go back over here. And you got these people more in love with your church than in love with Jesus. And so when the church hurt them, they couldn't even stay committed to Jesus? Love the Yo, camera. Yo, Pastor Fallon, you That camera guy's got to be like, oh, man. He, he went for the point and it wasn't focused. Uh, been there. Been there, Tim. Uh, but, yeah, it's... When, when you're getting into this point and just being like, all right, well, you know, he even says it, your pastor failed and you failed. Like there is, there is something to that. You know, there, there is truth behind that, that if your faith is genuine, it should not be like, it shouldn't go away because someone else messed up, even though that person was really close to you. There's, there's truth behind that, but there's no love behind it. There's no compassion behind it. And there's some impatience behind that because it does take time. Like sometimes people need to either leave their church, go to a different church. Uh, or I would even say sometimes people need to be outside the church for a little bit of time for God to do his work in them. Now, it shouldn't be forever, but maybe there, there are people who've been abused in different kinds. I remember, uh, I won't tell that story. I won't tell that story. Uh, people would be affected by that one. Uh, I'm just saying sometimes it really needs to happen. And uh, yeah, just to be like, well, it's it's so flippant to just be like, well, your pastor failed, so you failed? Come on. Or uh, your church, you know, you got hurt by the church, so you don't even believe in Jesus anymore. Like, that's belittling. It's It's really just making it way too simple than it actually is like it's more complicated than that and so i don't i don't appreciate the belittling of it because there's there's a lot that goes into that and a lot of these people who do walk away from the church they still believe in jesus you know they're they're going through things and they need to get back in church at least eventually like they need to be back in church but like they're going through things and they're, they're still believing in Jesus and they're trying to figure it out. And they're trying to deal with these complex emotions of hurt and betrayal and abuse. Uh, 
And like it's it's not as simple as oh my church you know they they just did something and I didn't like it and so I bailed and now I don't believe in Jesus anymore. That's not how it goes. Your small group's leader didn't didn't let you have a small group and you don't like the whole church no more? Not the church that 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 didn't let you have a small group. The whole big C church is off limits to you now. You got food you got food poisoning at a restaurant. Did you stop going to restaurants? I've never gotten food poisoning. I've been to a lot of restaurants. Never got it. Uh I have been hurt by bunches of churches. <laughs> So like, like, and it doesn't mean that I left every church, uh, but like to, to put it as, oh, it's like this. No, like there are so many more churches that hurt people and it's sad and it shouldn't happen. And, you know, it doesn't make everyone in that church responsible for that hurt, but it happens way more than, you know, oh, I got food poisoning also. A lot of you guys who say, oh, I got food poisoning the other day from this. No, you didn't. You know, come on. Not everything is food poisoning. You just have an upset tummy. No, you stop going to that restaurant. So don't, don't sit here and tell me that I'm a deconstructionist and I just don't like the church anymore and I don't believe in Jesus anymore. You never did. Hmm. You believed in your pastor. You didn't believe in Jesus. You believed in your pastor. Again, there there is an ounce of truth behind some of these things. If if what happens to the spiritual leader makes it so that you no longer believe in Jesus anymore and you go on living your life as if you don't believe in Jesus anymore for an extended period of time, I would say that most likely that means that you never believed in Jesus, especially as a Calvinist, that's that's my theological framework. You know, I go, "Okay, well you went out from us because you were not part of us." And uh, that's, that's how I understand those things, but to put it in the, those terms in such a staunch way of just being like, okay, well you left the church for a period of time. We don't know what that period of time would be. Uh, you left the, the church for a period of time. You're done. You don't believe in Jesus anymore because what you really loved was your pastor. Uh, there are, there are so many people, you know, I think of the, the parable of the seeds, um, well, I guess parable of the soils is probably a better way to put it because it's different kind of soils, same seed. Uh, but you know, it's, it's like that. There were some that, you know, they, they start to grow and then they're squashed by something. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about with some of this church hurt and deconstruction because of it is we're talking about like there, there could have been faith there, but it got squashed because of the pastor, because of the environment, because of something that happened there, hypocrisy, um, you know, pharisaicalism, like all, all kinds of different stuff. And woe be to the pastor that makes people fall in love with them instead of fall in love with Jesus. My responsibility is to make sure that they have a balanced diet. So when the storms of life come, they won't be shipwrecked because we were giving them something that they could actually use. I agree and with not that something that was useless. So, okay, maybe now I'm done. Dan. But that is, I mean, I just, deconstructionists and shepherds that don't know how to feed their sheep are just pitiful. You know, sometimes when you say you're done, you should just be done because you're going to say something dumb. 
<laughs> that that last part. Uh, man. All right. Uh, let's let's look at the Bible and see what the Bible actually has to say about how to deal with people like this, uh, people who are deconstructing, uh, deconstructing. But you, dear friends, so this is Jude. But you, dear friends, as you build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting expectantly for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Have mercy on those who waver. This is one of the times where the CSB, I go, I looked into it. There's no reason why they should have, everybody else translates it doubt, and they should have translated it as doubt. On those who doubt, save others by snatching them from the fire. Have mercy on others, but with fear, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. This is how we deal with people. This is how we deal with those who are deconstructing, uh, who have been hurt by the church. Have mercy on those who waver. Show some compassion. Now, like some of them, they need, they need to get snatched from the fire. But on those who have doubts, which I would put deconstructionists into this camp, and especially those who are honest about their deconstruction and honest about their church hurt, and it's not just, oh, someone said something mean to me one time. It's They've been significantly hurt by the church, including sometimes their pastor. Those people who are deconstructing, who are dealing with leaving a toxic church, those people have mercy on them. Show them the love of Christ. Be patient with them. Don't put burdens on them. Don't just throw scripture verses at them and say, get over it. Well, God says you need to be, you know, in the church serving, so get over it. Don't do that to these people. Don't put more burdens on them. Love them. Tell them the truth. Like, let's not hide. You know, sometimes these people need to hear the truth. But don't do it in a way where you're just like, oh, they're pitiful. Don't do that. Show some compassions. Show some love. That, that's how we reach out to people who are deconstructing. Uh, we got two more segments. <laughs> uh i'm realizing even as i'm trying to get time down to 45 minutes so um you know here's here's something i will say uh before getting back into the chat um i think moving forward like i want you guys to be in the chat and we want to have some discussion and i want to take questions from those discussions uh but moving forward probably not going to be doing like 25 minutes of the show interacting with the chat what what that's going to need to do is like we're going to get some of your questions deal with some of the things have some interaction but then the amas are going to be a better place to like really you know have some good conversation some good dialogue back and forth whether that's something that we talk about on underdog theology or whether it's something that you know i talk about in other videos or whatever or just some random thought that you might have like the amas are probably going to be in the future probably better for that i'm trying to get this show to where it's going to be a little bit more streamlined and be like 50 minutes i want to i really want to get it under an hour and uh probably not going to happen today but there were some things i needed to deal with today anyways um let's see uh marianne my recommendation if church discipline is mentioned at every sermon run <laughs> Well, yeah. And if it's never mentioned, then also run. 
there, there should be some balance there. Uh, let's see. Uh, it was, it was hard to be in Calvary Chapel as a Calvinist, not for me, for them. I was saved at Greg Laurie's church in 88. Okay, cool. Uh, if I had a Christian podcast, my catchphrase would be, Hey, what happening? All right, start it. Get, get going. Agree. Uh, Jeremy says, agree. I think he is bringing together two different reasons and making them one. Deconstruction due to church hurt is a thing, and deconstruction due to a lack of knowledge is a different thing. I agree. Also, I, I, I agree that there are differences. I think that there's a Venn diagram where a lot of the church hurt stuff uh, would like just be almost a circle. Like it might not be like significant church hurt and that might not be the main thing, but oftentimes church hurt is a part of someone's deconstruction, even if they're wrestling with sincere questions uh, about the faith. Usually that started because of something that they saw hypocrisy in some way from, from their church. Um, let's see. It's like deconstruction is an issue to be handled pastorally, but many leaders decide going nuclear is the best approach. I think a lot of people do that out of fear. David, he sounds really judgmental and likely has people silently deconstructing around him. Uh, I would like to say no, but he definitely sounded judgmental. And I think it's appropriate for us to say that. Was he like we like again, I don't know his story. Maybe he, he's been through stuff, but it came off that way. Um, JT unhealthy pastors will make it very hard to distinguish where Jesus starts and the person who hurts me ends. The good of deconstruction is that people are reevaluating that delineation. I agree. Uh, Sean, that sounds really good. Dean working on streamlining and time changes. Everyone's like, yeah, you know, if you could, you could end this show a little bit sooner, that that'd be great. <laughs> Most deconstructionists are going on Sunday school or youth group fumes. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that there are some, yeah. All right, uh, I, I got two more segments. These are going to be quick ones. Uh, and eventually I'll have graphics for both of them. Uh, but let's, uh, maybe jingles. If anyone's a musician and wants to write me like some jingles of just like really simple, like five to seven second little jingles, I would appreciate it. But let's go... Uh, Let's let's check in with Fundy Town. You know we haven't visited Fundy Town in a bit, so let's go and check out Fundy Town. What's going on over there? Well, uh, here we have James Lindsay. You might remember him. I've talked about him before. Uh, he is an atheist who goes and speaks at pastors' conferences and in Christian documentaries from founders and uh, people who are like-minded. Well. Meet your would-be tyrants, he says. Probably uh, an OP, I don't know. But anyways, at 38 minutes, Wolf, so Stephen Wolf, uh, advocates fines or jail for atheism. Atheism is crushed. It's not going to be tolerated. The left needs the Constitution destroyed and the nation fractured. Meets the Meet the tools they're using to do it. And he's talking about Right Response Ministries, uh, Joel Webin, and Stephen Wolf talking about Christian nationalism. Interesting. <laughs> so that's what's going on in Fundy Town, uh, where the atheist, go figure, is an atheist. 
and not happy about Christians saying, hey, let's rule the nation. So uh, we have some people turning on each other uh, down in Fundy Town. Uh, and let's let's go over. Let's go over to the penalty box. All right. New segment. <laughs> New segment. Uh, I need a jingle for like down in Fundy Town. That that needs one. Uh, so this is the Underdog Theology presents the Penalty Box. Now some people who know Tooth and Nail will get the reference here. Uh, but what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at some of the people uh, who have recently entered the Penalty Box on my channel. Uh, those people who leave comments that are just mean or hurtful. Or just crazy, and uh, we'll 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 be having a little bit of fun with it. Uh, I just I just you know I get a lot of these comments, and what do I do with them? Yeah, it'll be fun to throw them in the penalty box for a minute. Uh, so Job Boge says, "Bro, what's wrong with asking someone to forgive somebody, regardless of the crime?" How could you expect God to forgive you if you think asking someone else is to uh, to forgive someone like their father is disgusting? This is in reference to uh, I, my short of John MacArthur, my biggest problem with John MacArthur, and it's the Eileen Gray situation. I referenced, you know, writing a little girl a letter about just forgiving her daddy and moving on from the abuse that this little girl suffered is not a good thing and uh so this is in reference to that so Joe Boge, welcome to the penalty box uh next uh we got it from dustin neely uh who commented on my uh clip out of desiring god promoting patriarchy talking about headship from uh last episode last the the last episode of theo live uh, he says, you sound like an SJW, which I've learned to, you know, I've found out social justice warrior. Enjoy your effeminate church. Dustin, welcome to the penalty box. Uh, let's see who else do we got here? Uh, we've got John Long, uh, you know, someone who just recently commented, um, Capturing Christianity's Vatican visit. So I had a little bit of a rant this weekend about, um, you know, capturing Christianity and him going Catholic. And, you know, I said some things and some Catholics didn't like it. And I stand by everything that I said. Um, but, you know, John Long, maybe he stands by this. You're coming to Catholicism next. God will save your fat. You know what? Next. All right. Well, John Long, welcome to the penalty box. And lastly... Uh, so again, my biggest issue with John MacArthur, Stephen Huckabee says, Dean, are you a judge? Are you? Why do you go on YouTube and do the work of Satan? He is the accuser of the brethren. Matthew chapter seven, verses 21 through 26 or so describes the deceived. Examine yourself. See, are you in the faith? What Satan has placed in your heart? Do quickly. So double, double burn on me. I am Satan, and I'm also Judas. So, Stephen Huckabee, welcome to the penalty box. All right, I hope you guys like that. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Maybe I just need to, like, you know, 
get some feelings out, get vent a little bit. But I get some crazy comments, and so I'm going to be talking about those and having just a little bit of fun with it. Uh, let's see. Uh, lukewarm, no more. Most decons- oh, oh, yep, we already talked about that. Jeremy, I still want to do a book study of Christian nationalism, but you said you would rather poke out your eyes. Uh, that is incorrect, Jeremy. Don't lie. All right. I said I would rather. Oh, what was. I would rather eat a saw blade, I think is what I said. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, no. Who's in the box? Who's in the box? <laughs> that's that's that. That's pretty good, Jeremy. You might have really helped me. Uh, no, Joe, Joe is not in the box. Joe's has been on the verge a couple times, but he's not in the box. So, okay. At least some of you guys liked it. Uh, tooth and nail. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, there are some great bands. Uh, these new segments are awesome. All right. It's going to get better. Cause I literally had this idea just earlier today. <laughs> so, um, but it'll, it'll get better. We'll get some more animations going. We'll, we'll, we'll really try to have it have it be a thing uh david i was brought up in a church that only had a minister and deacons and saw how bad this unbiblical model was so that's why we as a family joined a local presbyterian church it has a plurality of elders yeah uh presbyterians get it right as far as that goes it's just it's just the whole presbyterian thing that's that's the problem uh orlando uh the penalty box is a hockey fan i like this go rangers (laughs) (laughs) uh go aisles i i we got the kraken now so i guess i'm a kraken fan fan i don't even know what do you call a kraken fan crackhead Uh, i don't want to be a crackhead okay all right i appreciate it all right so that's the show today uh we'll be on the lookout for some clip outs from the show uh be on the lookout for john adams just popping up everywhere get that comment out of here why is that there i don't even know where is it it's hidden it's all the way at the bottom what was that about anyways uh got some got some stuff going on uh this week i got a video that you might be interested that i'm working on in regards to this um if you are here and haven't hit the like button i am personally offended uh do not do not click out of this video without hitting the like button. If you do, you will end up in the penalty box. No, probably not. Uh, but also, if you're new to the channel, think about subscribing. Uh, and here's something. If you like this show, I don't, I've never, I've literally never asked for you guys to do this. If you like this show, think about sharing it. You know, go on to Facebook and maybe share it and be like, hey, you know, this guy does this show every Monday. I really enjoy it. Uh, maybe maybe you guys, maybe some of you guys would like it. Or go on to Twitter and share it there. Uh, or share some of the videos that I make. You know, maybe you weren't a big fan of this episode. Maybe this was, you know, maybe this one wasn't, wasn't the greatest. I don't know. Maybe you didn't appreciate it. But maybe you like another one. You can share that. Um, I've literally never asked. I realize that. I've never asked anyone to share any of my videos so would you please? <laughs> We're trying to grow the channel, trying to get some things going, trying to get a little bit more streamlined. Dean, that didn't work. Oh, we're still, <gasps> we're under an hour. 
I better end the show pretty quick because we're we're just barely under an hour. <laughs> but uh, anyways, I appreciate you guys. Hope today was fun. Hope it was helpful. If you are deconstructing, uh, don't forget about the Bible. Uh, I did an episode with Joe Thorne uh, about deconstruction. He said something I thought was so brilliant about deconstruct, but don't leave out the Bible. And I think that's super helpful. So don't forget about that. And uh, yeah, I'll see you maybe even tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Have a good one.